She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. You guys, I'm so excited to be doing some short clips each day with some of the health and fasting questions that you guys ask us all the time. These are going to be very short episodes answering very specific questions. Most of the time we have long episodes with one guest, but now I'm going to be answering some of your short individual questions. Enjoy. I'm so excited to introduce to you Dr. Afruz Demary, and she's going to be talking about intermittent fasting for fertility and for female hormones. So welcome, Dr. Afruz. Thank you for having me. So talk a little bit about yourself personally, tell people a little bit about you, and then talk about your own personal intermittent fasting journey. Okay, so I'm the creative uh, creator of Trimester Zero, a program that I designed to help couples have healthy babies, mainly because I had an unhealthy baby at a young age. Mm. And so it got me thinking, what did I do wrong? What did I not know? Why are there so many unhealthy kids being born with autism, with cancer, with all kinds of things in my practice? I started to see that as an issue. And so I always thought it was the women. So I specialize in women's health. I have a clinic called Aim for Women, where I'm a naturopathic doctor trained in conventional and holistic medicine. And I thought it all starts with the women. So the more women I saw, I realized, gosh, no, this goes back to childhood. And then when I went back from childhood, I realized, no, this is all about the, when they're in the womb, pregnancy. And so when you go back, I realized the root cause of all disease actually starts from the sperm and the egg and the epigenetics that occur way before pregnancy. So that preconception health is my passion and that's what I focus on. Now, when it comes to fasting, I grew up in Iran and in our religion, I grew up with my grandmother always having times of the year where we would do special different fasts. So we would have a dairy-free month, we would have a meat-free month, we would have what's known now is so trendy, this intermittent fasting, although back then it was we didn't even have a name for it. It's just what we did. So religiously, I think I grew up with the idea of fasting. It was sort of something we just did. Well, Ramadan too, right? Ramadan, right? And in Islam, yeah. So I'm not Muslim, but I grew up with my friends doing that. So we would do it. And yes, we would all lose weight. And I remember being a kid and my mom was always worried that we would all become so thin because you do, you do lose fat. You can also lose muscle. And so I realized as a naturopathic doctor and when we got training in fasting that there's so many different kinds of fasting. And when I looked at the research for fertility, I realized that we really don't know a lot. A lot of the research has been done on mice and it's also just studying starvation and calorie restriction. Um, so I'm actually one of the few people that I get to test this on my patients. And I have been doing a lot of fasting with my couples to help them optimize their hormones. But I do it very differently for the men versus the women. And then I'll get to talk about maybe how I do it during their cycle, if they're not cycling, when should they fast, all of that. So personally, myself... My inter so I just want to back up and say there's different different fasts. And a lot of people are confused about all the terminology. If you Google in 2018 the number one diet, it wasn't paleo, it wasn't keto, it was intermittent fasting. So I'm so glad we're talking about this. Um, but intermittent fasting means one to two to three days of the week 
you don't eat. And then there's time-restricted fasting. So that is when you restrict your eating to six hours, eight hours, 10 hours. So a lot of people might skip breakfast. They might eat one meal a day. And then there's prolonged fasting. So that's like four consecutive days, 72 hours of just water, of not fasting, which is very difficult to do. And they all have their pros and cons. But usually I start my patients with the time-restricted. I say minimum if you're not going 12 hours between dinner and breakfast or two meals let's start there let's prolong that to 14 let's prolong that to 16 to 18 and that's the end goal and that's what I do so Fridays are my day where I do my intermittent fasting a because I see patients back to back and I always say you want to eat when you're relaxed not in work mode not in that sympathetic dominant state so it's better to skip a meal if your blood sugar is balanced and your adrenals are functioning okay and you can actually handle it it's better not to eat when you're in that work go mode because you're not going to be digesting it and it's going to turn into belly fat often so that's how I do my intermittent fast. And then there's a one month of the year where, yes, we just eat with the sunrise and sunset. So it's, it's, it's kind of like Ramadan. Um, I will go through the months depending on my cycle where so before ovulation and before you get your period, this is this is the thing with women I want to really emphasize. And I'm sure you've talked about this a lot, but for production of progesterone and for the production of all these hormones that go up and down for us as women throughout the month, we need complex carbs. And so often I found a lot of women are just doing these diets and fasting, but then it's really throwing off their hormones. And some of them won't sleep as well. They lose the weight, but their sleep quality isn't as good or their cycles become irregular or they're, they're, they've become infertile, they can't get pregnant. Um, so that's when I started to tweak the intermittent fast for the women in my trimester zero. I don't get anyone to do fast right as if they're when they're trying, but I prefer if the three months before they start trying uh, to really optimize their eggs, especially for the women, because we do have mice studies showing that when mice intermittently fasted every other day and had calories restricted, they actually prolonged their egg quality. And so they were able to have offspring later on in life. And nowadays, I find a lot of 40-year-olds coming to my practice wanting to have their first child, 38-year-olds not having a partner yet, and they want to have a child, 35-year-olds infertile, having miscarriages, having issues, PCOS. And so getting them on this fasting trend and understanding that in order to help you and your offspring, it's not so much about what you eat. We focus so much on what to eat, but no one has really talked about how often you eat. How often you eat is, I always say, more important than what you're eating. Um, so I love that. I make it simple for them, you know, cause everyone wants to know what should I eat? You know, and of course for fertility, there, there are things we should be eating more of, but focus on how much you're eating, how often you're eating. I mean, look at our ancestors, they would go hunt, they would eat, and then there was no fridge. There was no 24 hour, you know, drive through. Whereas now we just have access to food. And unfortunately this myth that came out that you have to snack five meals and six meals a day kind of ruined it for all. And I still have patients who are like, I thought I was doing the right thing by eating like every two hours. And it's like, no, if, if you do have hypoglycemia, if you do get hangry, 
These are all signs that something's wrong. So I always tell my patients, I know how healthy you are by how long you can fast. If I fast you for a day and you are a total mess and you start shaking, you are angry, you're irritable, you're just like getting a headache, you have all these symptoms, those are not health, healthy um, individuals. So we want to get to a place, and that used to be me, which is why I got into this, was I had to eat every two hours. I could not skip a meal. I always had a bag of nuts and a bar in my bag wherever I went. And I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought that was health. I thought like eating often, you know, was healthy for me. And I didn't realize up until way later that, wait a second, how is it that that person can go 72 hours without anything and they feel more vital? They have more energy. Um, their brain function improves. And so I realized having hypoglycemia is, is a condition. There's something wrong. Your blood sugar shouldn't drop when you skip a meal. Your adrenals should assist and release cortisol, but not to the point where now you're releasing too much adrenaline or cortisol, and that's making you more anxious. So I often will test my patients to know how healthy you are, how healthy they are by knowing how well they fast. You guys, if you've been listening to my podcast, you know I've been talking about Masszymes, which is a digestive enzyme from Bioptimizers. And I want you to know that here's the thing. For me, having a digestive enzyme is a game changer because one of the biggest things that happens to me is I get really tired after my meal if I don't do it. And I have a problem with nutrient absorption. So if you could be eating the cleanest diet ever, but if you're not absorbing it, that's an issue. So this month, they're doing a really great special, and you're going to get a free bottle of the digestive enzymes from Bioptimizers. And so all you have to do is pay a nominal shipping fee. That's it. No other strings attached. It's the best thing ever. So get your free bottle of digestive enzymes. It's called Masszymes. Go to masszymes.com slash free and use the coupon code wasteaway10. That's it. So masszymes.com slash free. Use the coupon wasteaway10. It's awesome. Mm. I love what you said about the time restricted eating. You know, if it's less than 24 hours, then you should really be calling it time restricted eating. If yeah. it's more than 24 hours, now we're talking about intermittent fasting. And that's unfortunately, that's even in my last book that I wrote, I when I talked about intermittent fasting, I talked about intermittent fasting and, you know, eating in an eight hour window or a six hour window. And yeah. I think that's kind of evolved now that yeah. now has changed to saying, look, if it's less than 24 hours, let's talk, let's call it time restricted eating. If it's more than 24 hours, let's call it intermittent fasting. So that's yeah. really good to clarify that. I actually was born in Iran. Were you um, really? Yes. My dad oh, is no Iranian. Idea. <laughs> yeah. My dad is Iranian and my mom is American. Wonderful. And yeah, so um, that's neat that we have that in common. But yeah. what I love what you said is about your hormones. So one thing that I just personally learned not too long ago, and it just really happened from Dr. Felice Gersh really helped me understand that. I don't know if you, you yeah, I know, know who she is. Um, from me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I love her. And um, she... 
And then I started realizing it. So like, if you count day one as your menstrual cycle, right? Mm -hmm. I realized like day, I couldn't figure out, okay, why is it like I could do longer fast? Let's say a two day or three day. Sometimes I do a two day fast and I would do amazing. And then sometimes I do a two day fast and I was like, oh, I'm dying. I'm dying on the vine, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I finally started realizing where I was in my cycle. And as long as I was at day 15 to day 30, I could fast. And it, I mean, obviously it's hard, right? It's not like easy, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. And so that is a huge revelation for me. So what is going on on day one through 15 that makes it harder for you to fast during that time? I think everyone is different. So most of us have a 28 day cycle, but a lot of women will have PCOS, right? So they having 32, 35 to 60 day cycles. So for those two individuals, very different. So I really like to test their hormones. But what happens when you get your period, all your hormones are low. And often we feel a bit tired, right? All the blood is like in the uterus and now it's coming out. So sometimes that's the time where even traditionally you look at Chinese medicine, you look at Ayurvedic medicine, even Persian medicine. When you look at those, this is not the time to fast. During that time, your body is like getting rid of stuff. So that's when you want to replenish. I always say like you want to eat food that build blood. You want to have bone broth. You want to have things that actually are giving back now. And you don't want to over-exercise on that day one, day two, when you're losing a lot of blood. After that, now hormones, LH, FSH, estradiol, all these have to go up. But with day 14, we assume everyone ovulates at that time. That's not the case. Not everyone's smack in the middle. I ovulate later, so I didn't know that. And so someone else might ovulate day 10. But just before ovulation, there's a peak in progesterone that goes up in that LH. And you need carbohydrates, you need food to make that hormone. It comes from pregnenolone, which comes from cholesterol. So that hormone actually is converted from cholesterol in the mitochondria. So it's good to sometimes do a fast. I love doing a fast myself from day six till day 10 so i can do those four days really well and then i can't go to day 30 because i'm 28 day but then right after ovulation like day 18 to day 22 23 i can do but most of my women are progesterone deficient or estrogen dominant this is so rampant this is these are the women who are listening who have sore breasts before their period they get moody before their cycles they have PMS, they can't sleep as well, they're more anxious before their cycle, they get irritable and their temper is off. That's often their husbands will even tell me if it's very extreme, like they're just different people before their period versus after. So those women, they might not feel so great fasting during that time unless the the hormones are fixed first. So you must have really healthy hormones if that is the time for you to feel really good fasting, whereas a lot of women won't. They're already PMSing. They're already estrogen dominant when they should be more progesterone dominant during that phase. So they might not feel great or they might be doing it at the wrong time. They might be actually doing it during ovulation every month, um, and that doesn't help either. So it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Let me clarify. Actually, so so I think it's really like day – 
my best days are like day 15 through day 20 yeah. because it's like, like yeah, that, that makes sense. Time is when it's yeah. like, if I'm going to do a five day fast, that's when I'm going to do it. That's when I'm going to feel the best. Now yeah. you said day six through 10, what's going on through day six through 10? This is when your hormones are being there. Usually we don't have issues with estrogen if we're still cycling. If it's a menopausal woman or perimenopausal women and their hormones all over the place, mm -hmm. they're getting their cycle like every 20, 20 days and then 60 days and then two weeks. Mm -hmm. They're so all over the place that I, I don't necessarily pick for them when to do it. I just want to mm -hmm. make sure when they're menstruating, I don't mm -hmm. fast them. If they're still ovulating and we can check hormones, do not fast a day or two before ovulation because you need food to make those hormones. Otherwise, you're going to not ovulate because you forced it not to happen. It's kind of like starving, right? And then when you're not getting enough of that food, you mm -hmm. don't sleep as well. You don't make that progesterone or that LH from the carbs. And then also just before your period. So if you're every 28 days, 29 days, day 27, 26 fasting, most people don't feel well either because all that hormone, now all that uterine lining has to shed. So you want the body's focus to go on where it needs to go. And when it's hormone changes are happening, that's when we usually say as doctors, don't mess with that. Let nature do its thing. But when it's consistently happening, so day six to day 10, usually the hormones are pretty steady. The estrogen's rising. There's not much happening with progesterone. And the body, I find it's like inhaling. We just naturally inhale. It, often we have issues exhaling and letting go. So with hormones, I look at it the same way. When is it naturally doing its thing? And when is it boosting and spiking? And that's during ovulation. There's a huge shift in hormones during that time. There's also a huge shift in hormones right before we get our period. So that's the time where you don't want to mess with nature. That is not a time naturally women will ever fast. And I looked at, you know, old historic books, like why, why would women historically not do certain things during their period? Why would they not do it during ovulation or when they were thinking of having a child? And you see this, you, that this is not the time to mess with those changes in hormones. Got it. So um, let's talk about estrogen dominance for just a second. Yeah. Um, what, can, what, do you, what are your tips to help with that? Do you suggest yeah. people taking progesterone cream and what days would they take it if they were going to? Yeah. So estrogen dominance is a word I always find it funny because one of my teachers always said of course we're estrogen dominant we're female like there's no such thing so in conventional medicine a lot of OBGYN friends that I have will actually say there's no such thing as estrogen dominance we are supposed to be estrogen dominant but just to clarify so we have two weeks at the beginning of our cycle two weeks at the end of our cycle the first two weeks we are all estrogen dominant that's the preliminary hormone that's supposed to be high after ovulation we are still having a little bit of estrogen but we should have more progesterone in comparison to estrogen so what we're talking about with this estrogen dominance or i call it relative estrogen dominance is around that day 19 day 20 21 23 24 that week that time of our cycle we should have a higher ratio of progesterone to estrogen and you can test it through blood you can do the dutch test it's a dried urine test that i use that's the time you want to test it i say that's the time when most people say i don't feel well 
I'm more moody, breast tenderness and all of that, right? So that's that estrogen stimulating the breast tissue. Um, that's what's dominant. So what you want to do is first figure out, are you progesterone deficient or do you have too much estrogen? Because they're two different things. And I find often it's a lot easier to go, well, I want to balance it. So I'll just take progesterone. And I'll say, but you got enough progesterone. Your eggs are a good quality. They're releasing enough progesterone. And we're not really fixing the problem if I just add more progesterone. So to answer your question, no, I often will try and figure out which one is it. Are they not pooping out their estrogen? Because that's when it, it, it excretes through our stool. Are you getting it too much from the environment, the xenoestrogens? Is it in your makeup? Is it in the phthalates? Is it in the plastics? Is it in the plastic water bottle you're drinking every day? So we try to remove all the xenoestrogens and then add things um, in their diet like broccoli seed extract, uh, DIM, D-I-M, calcium deglucurate, indole-3-carbonyl. These are all things you can get in supplement forms, which you just can't eat enough cru cruciferous vegetables. You'd be very gassy if you got the amount that's in these capsules. Um, so I use some products that help bind that excess estrogen and get it out, but you take it usually from ovulation or day after ovulation until your cycle begins. So it's really most often just needed in that two weeks, the luteal phase, that second, second half. Sometimes a little bit of progesterone from wild yams is also helpful, especially if I see that they don't have enough progesterone and the estrogen is way too dominant and it's going to take too long and they have, you know, a lot of mood uh, disturbances during that time that it's going to take a lot of time. I might do both together. So you can bind that extra estrogen, get it out, and then also boost progesterone. But as we age, your progesterone has to go down. It's for progestation. It's for having babies. And our egg quality goes down as we age. So I'm not shocked if someone's low progesterone at 42, 45, and they're still estrogen dominant, but their conventional doctor might say, that's youthfulness. You have a lot of estrogen. That's a good thing. And I often have to inform them that, no, it's not a good thing. It's at the wrong time of the month. You know, estrogen dominance can, can increase your risk of breast cancer and estrogen positive cancers. So I just did a post on my Instagram where I said, it's not always about how much estrogen you have. It's about what kind you have. And There's the balance to progesterone. And the balance, exactly. So it's all these ratios. And then what kind of estrogen are you making? The really healthy kind that protects against cancer? Or are you making the unhealthy kind? Mm. So cruciferous vegetables, fiber, one of my favorite things to not complicate this whole seed cycling is just to take two tablespoons of ground flax seeds, organic ground flax seeds every day, add it to a smoothie. That's a great fiber. It's a phytoestrogen. Soy is another tricky one. We have 50-50 in research. You know, a lot of people are sensitive to soy to get non-GMO organic, but soy isoflavones have also been shown in research to be protective and another good phytoestrogen. Um, so those are easy things you can do is just have more broccoli, you know, have, have a cruciferous vegetable every day that's cooked or steamed and not raw. Awesome. Well, tell people, thank you so much for being on the show. Tell listeners where they can find you and follow you. Awesome. So my Instagram, I'm pretty active on there. It's at Dr. Demeri, D-E-M-E-R-I. My website is aim for women, A-I-M for women. And you can also look at my course, trimesterzerocourse.com if you want to have a child in the future. Awesome. Well, you guys stay right with us. We've got another episode coming right up. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.